0: This is highly unorthodox. It's as if you're looking for something, anything, to pull me apart.
1: Well, for your information, we've actually been here for 20 minutes, not 40. To put a point on it, you need to give me something. If you don't want to talk, that's fine. I have to tell someone that I spent an hour with you. So in the meantime, we're just stuck here.
0: No, any good jokes? Transfer
1: complete. Hello and welcome to Subspace Transmissions, the podcast for two Trek fans step into the arena and tackle the best, worst, weirdest, wildest, and everything in between that Star Trek has to offer. I'm Cam Smith and joining me on the bridge.
0: This is Tyler Orton magically burping the queue continuing into existence
1: Uh, we're here this week to tackle monsters the seventh episode in
0: season two picard um aren't aren't you happy that uh the new version of the x-files showed up at the end of this uh, episode cam to uh (laughs) it's a new Mulder and scully i guess played by one uh jay karns who uh i I was a big fan of him uh from uh, uh the shield uh so you got that going for you yeah, I don't know, Cam, Cam, I, I'm, I I think this episode is better than the, the previous lot, just because there's at least distinct stuff going on, but it wasn't as if there's anything, like, I, I, that I could not have guessed that was going to happen, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, this uh, supervisor, she's in fact Romulan, or else, you know, there's something wrong with the queue, or else, you know what, those, uh, what we thought were domestic abuse issues it happens to do with mental health issues like it's like okay okay i i get what you're doing i don't know i i I do appreciate there's more episodic in nature but it's not as if i'm suddenly thrilled by this show and we only have like three episodes to go until we get to what i can only hope will be some sort of conclusion that i can stomach but what's your initial takeaway here
1: i found like all of the stuff to do with inside Picard's mind excruciating to sit through. Like to me, this yep. was like Sue Cow level television where I'm I like, had that in my oh, notes. <laughs> God.
0: Did you? Yeah. It's There's like it's literally a, a seat... monster chasing <laughs> after them the entire time.
1: Yeah. And I just, I, I can't stand that sort of stuff when it's not done well. And I'm someone who really does enjoy a lot of horror movies. And I was reminded a lot of the Babadook watching this and I'm like, boy, this is like the Babadook done really badly and i'm having to sit through it for extended periods of time and this is torture um the stuff that happened around it was less excruciating for me to watch and i think there's some things we can talk about but um this episode really just felt kind of like wheel spinning like i mean not that the last couple have been all forward momentum but this one to me was just like okay um boy we not a lot's happening and we have the revelation that you know Picard's mother dealt with depression which I don't
0: was that much of a revelation, really. I I don't know. <laughs> I kind of assumed, like, because they had been obscuring what was actually going on in Picard's memories of, of his childhood throughout the entire season, I kind of assumed that they were gonna do this. You know, it's gonna be mental health issues versus, and not that I I I wanted to m- diminish like domestic abuse, but in my head, I just didn't picture. You know, physical domestic abuse being a thing on 24th century Earth. Like, I would think that humans had evolved past that, and and that's why I kind of suspect it'd be a mental health thing. And like, I guess that's what came of it. But it's just weird. And like, what what this season is trying to do is reveal the true psyche of Picard and what's really been driving him all these years. But I, I don't know, like. The conclusion that they're telling us is that he's uh, perpetually untethered in the ways of the heart. And I'm just like, okay, I I never considered Picard's aloofness to be a bug. I always just thought it was a feature of the character, but now this is how they've decided he is a profoundly flawed character now. And I, I always considered him to just be a complex character and... I don't know. I, I'm just not enjoying where, you know, I had a friend of the podcast uh, text me. and He just described the show as Star Trek Patrick Stewart. I was like, yeah. Like, he even has his wife singing on the show this past week, right? Oh, I didn't ca- Was that who that was? I believe that was. Uh, his wife, okay. I, I'm blanking on her last name, but it, it's sunny, um something.
1: Okay. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and to me, like, when you're dealing with depression like this and the way they're handling it, I think it was incredibly poor uh, in the sense, not not the part about necessarily how that could impact a child, um, but in the sense of like this character of his mother existed only to be a traumatic memory. We don't know anything about this woman other than she tells stories and has fits of you know severe depression. Like, that's not interesting. That's incredibly one note and simplistic for a character who, if you want to delve into that, I would hope you would want to explore them as a you know multi-dimensional individual but it didn't do that it just used it as a source of triggering picard's trauma
0: yeah she's not a three-dimensional character she's more of a cipher and it's like okay and then but we have kind of these you know themes of depression going on throughout the season you know with renee picard and, and the revelation of his mom and It just seems as if they're tackling what's such a significant issue in just such a shallow way, much like we saw in, like, say, Discovery with, you know, PTSD. And I I just think there's maybe a little bit too much back padding going on behind the scenes by the writers here.
1: Well, and you can also even tie that to the ICE stuff, right? Which, again, was dealt with in a very superficial manner. It's like they want the credit for acknowledging serious topics, but without actually delving into it, you know? Look at um, Past Tense and the way that they delved into using the Bell Riots as, like, poverty. And they spent two hours tackling these sorts of issues. And Picard just wants to have these kind of, like, almost, like, revelation moments of, like, oh, see, my mom had depression. Okay, well, moving on to the next plot point. It's like, like, hold on, hold on. Like, that seems kind of serious. Even the way they dealt with it with Renee Picard to me, felt very simple and very easily paved over with one talk from Picard. I mean, she wasn't even in this episode. It's just acknowledged as, oh, she's fine. She's fine right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, were you also surprised by the revelation that, you know, Dr. Daddy was, in fact, uh, Picard's father as well? I so- Like, mm. I, I kind of assumed that was going to be the case. I wrote that very early on in my notes. I said, is J.C., J.C. being actor, James Callis, is J.C. his dad? and lo and behold that's what it was
1: yeah okay so initially i mean the dad thing i clued on to well before the show revealed it but i did initially go oh is this going to be like q in disguise trying to get into picard's mind but then it was like wait last time we saw q he didn't appear to have powers so i guess it's not q and that's when i moved on to the dad theory
0: um (laughs) it's good to know that rios has daddy issues as well and for some reason, considers Picard a father figure, despite the fact they <laughs> barely know each other. They, they had some interactions in season one, then, you know, Rios gets his own command on the Stargazer. How, how, how much time have they actually spent together?
1: Well, that was one of those moments as well where I went, I, I, I'm like racking my brain for like these serious Rios-Picard moments. But you know what? This was also an episode where we spent a lot of time with Raffi talking about a relationship with Seven we never saw. Exactly, It's a lot of characters acknowledging relationships that never actually were conveyed on screen. And again, they have the time, people. They have 10 hours.
0: (laughs) Well, have they even used 10 hours? I mean, last week's episode is 32 minutes long. The week before is like 37 minutes long. Like you said, they have the time, but it's just they keep deferring to tell, don't show. Which is, it's just like writing 101, and the writers don't seem to grasp that, nor do the writers on Discovery either, which is just so kind of infuriating. Um, I have to admit, uh, when I first started hearing about the queen with the fiery red hair, I just kind of assumed that meant Beverly, but um, I was kind of bummed out it was Picard's (laughs) mom in a wig. Um, Now, Cam, those were the activities I did with my mom on the weekends. (laughs) Uh, you You as well, right?
1: I did dress up as like an old timey knight, <laughs> yes, and paint yeah. the
0: the windows. <laughs> well, I can understand why Robert was so bitter towards his brother, because like while Robert is out plucking grapes and stomping on them, <laughs> we we got the John Luke playing like uh, fantasy with his mother.
1: I did have a couple little fun takeaways from this, though, in the mother character, and that you know, as you said, like the fiery red hair. I'm like, oh. Does this explain the attraction to Beverly a little bit? I mean, there's always the uh, the cliché that people are attracted to, uh, you know, individuals who are similar to their parents in some way. I'm like, Speak okay. for yourself, Cam. <laughs> well, like, you've got the red hair there. But then I also thought of Anige from Star Trek Insurrection, who was, like, kind of artsy. Was
0: that what drew Picard in? Very much so. I'd have to believe that as well. Uh, so, Cam, um, where did Robert's French <laughs> accent come from?
1: Um, considering um... both
0: parents have English accents, you know, and I could, I can rationalize that in my head and that, you know, they, they might be French, but uh, maybe they were tutored by those with uh, English accents and, you know, that, that's fine. Maybe Robert just, he was too busy stomping on grapes while uh, Jean-Luc was uh, in his study, you know, that uh, didn't really get the same sort of English tutoring chances there as well.
1: Maybe Robert was like doing a semester abroad or something, and it just really mm. stuck with him. You know how like okay. um, Christopher, Christopher Nolan, the film director, and his brother have like two different accents. Maybe it's a case like that.
0: Okay, you know what? I can totally buy that. That I I will I will buy that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Cam, considering how much trauma uh, Jean Luc has endured with regards to this family estate, hmm. uh, including the fiery death of his. Um, brother and, and nephew why is he living in this uh estate by the time that we we find him uh in uh, season one of star trek picard
1: are we like delving into like gothic lit sort of here where it's like the architecture contains trauma and like the protagonist <laughs> needs to hang out there and like live through this trauma over and over. What is Picard doing? Well, how did we get here, Tyler? Let's go back to like the last season, uh, seven seasons of TNG. Like, h- how is this where we wound up? This is insane. I feel like I'm watching an entirely different character go through yes. like uh, uh, Janeway Hollow novels or something.
0: <laughs> I, I, it's not the same character, you know. And that, that's what's so frustrating to me. It, it's somebody that's you know Patrick Stewart's interested in playing, but. It's not what made Picard such an interesting, commanding, charismatic character, you know, 30 years ago. This is someone, throughout the last two seasons, Picard seems just kind of like a a doddering old man, just never sure of himself, no confidence, and if that's the lead of your show, and I I guess the writers are are banking on the fact that, oh, we're going to show him have an arc over these course of three seasons, and... You know, that's how Jean-Luc got his groove back. I'm just like, okay, but that's a lot to ask for people to invest in a pretty lame lead over the course of, uh, you know, 30 episodes.
1: And they introduced here that Picard has a fear of enclosed spaces. Um, That was news to me. I was thinking like, well, that would have been an interesting character quirk to, or uh, not even quirk, but like just a phobia to deal with, you know, I don't know, like an episode like Disaster where he's trapped in a turbo lift. It seems like it's just kind of retconning things for the purpose yeah. of making this character traumatized.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This isn't working for me. This, uh, it, it, you know, like um, brain journeys usually bore me unless they're done really well. I, I just keep thinking about like what they did, uh, say the dream episodes or the coma episodes on the Sopranos and how like thrilling that was to watch and how that digs into the the uh, main character's inner psyche Versus this, like, it was kind of done after about, like, 24, 28 minutes or something like that, and I was just like, okay, and I was actually okay with that, because at least we're walking around, actually, should I say that, at least we're walking around L.A., but I don't know, these (laughs) L.A. adventures, still, watching Jurati smash glass to get endorphins And then then Seven of Nine follows up and she smashes like a bottle on the ground to get endorphins too. I'm just like, okay. Like Cam, I feel you and I need to go around downtown and uh, start smashing glass uh, for a good old time now.
1: We're preparing the way for the Borg Queen, the threat that is now going to threaten Earth. I'm like, boy, like uh, we didn't see that one coming. Didn't think the Borg Queen could be a problem like this, huh?
0: She's a vandal. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder, uh, yeah, 7 was so concerned about the future of humanity. It's going to be broken glass everywhere. Yeah, I I just
1: find, like, these sorts of brain journeys and, like, dreamscape kind of stuff, it's incredibly hard to do. It's something that, like, I, I don't know that a lot of storytellers should be tackling it because I think to pull it off is near impossible in a way that's compelling and interesting to the audience. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan of David Lynch's work. He does that stuff, I think, really, really well. And you cited The Sopranos. That's another great example. There are people that can do it. But, like, this show can't even stage an exciting car chase. <laughs> like, let's not be <laughs> delving into the, you know, psyche of someone through dream images. It's just not working. It didn't work here. didn't work in Sucal. And I actually made a note, something I was like sitting here watching this episode, and of course, Sukal immediately jumps to mind that episode, but I was like, wait a second, what episode was it where Soji was having all the surreal dreams about being an android? And I looked I think it up. it was
0: Broken Pieces, wasn't it?
1: N- no, it was actually episode seven of season one. So it's was like- the impossible box? It was, it was the impossible box. And so like- okay. Is that the seventh episode of every Picard season? Is the dream episode? Like we talked about, how we were—they're like uh, repeating character arcs this season. They're also repeating when they drop their dream episodes.
0: I don't know. I bet they think they're clever, though.
1: It's all poetry. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Um, what's going on with Rios right now? In that, like, how does he justify breaking kind of the uh, the the timeline protocols or whatever to show? A little boy, a spaceship, brings him there through a transporter, is drawing murals on the walls of his mother's clinic. Um, <laughs> she did have a hilarious line, though, when uh, Dr. Teresa was like, why are you walking towards me like a serial killer? Which, that actually made me laugh. Um, but I cited woo-woo! that one, too. Great line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, women have cited that one to you, as well. I, I-, I-, I can attest to that. Um <laughs> um how would you react though uh let's say he never showed these two people um you know future technology made these revelations about uh i'm from chile but i work in outer space har 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 yeah just aping the jokes from a much beloved property like star trek 4 doesn't necessarily mean it's a good joke itself but um what, what if somebody just told you look i'm from the future or i'm from outer space how would you process that uh just in real life without seeing any evidence of it.
1: I would have a lot of questions and I would be looking for like the cracks to be like, okay, like this doesn't make any sense. And I thought it was so bizarre the way they set this up where they're in like the uh you know the um the medical room with Picard and it's like there's the reveal that okay, something's up. I don't know what's going on with this um, you know, Italian character right now. And he says the the space line. We then cut To him doing murals with her son. Yes. And then he goes and talks to her further about being from outer space and beams the family to the ship. How the hell does he get out of that medical room with her, having just said, I work in outer space, to then peacefully drawing murals? Like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever in terms of human psychology. This woman would be like... Uh, excuse me, you're not gonna be having peaceful art time with my son right now. You have a yeah. lot of questions to answer. I want to know what's going on in that room. You keep saying you're from outer space. What does that mean? And it's like this doctor character's I think been portrayed very smart throughout the season. i i I literally could not wrap my head around like this shift in scenes here.
0: Well, we've talked a lot about whether or not they're setting things up for Rios to bring or to stay mm. in one of the other yeah. Century. Do you think maybe they're kind of actually alluding to him bringing uh Dr. Teresa and uh, his uh, her son to the 25th century? I- is that the idea now?
1: I think at this point, whatever the outcome that is the least complicated in terms of ramifications on timelines is the one that's going to happen. So whether that so is again, going, yeah, going into the future th- or
0: him staying either way. So just like Dr. Jillian, uh Went uh-huh. into the future in Star Trek Four. It, it just seems as if the show is kind of repeating itself. And who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I don't. Know, I'm just kind of. I just wish this season was far more creative, especially kind of given like, the, should they be having way more fun in L.A. than they are right now?
1: What's the most fun they've had in L.A. so far? Smashing glass. <laughs> like I, I'm going backwards. I'm like, okay, was there anything when they landed that was fun? Not really. Um,
0: they they went to the top of a building.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And oh, then Okay. You know. Oh, think about like Rios' journey. He uh falls from like three stories, gets knocked out, is arrested by ice, is broken free, goes to a bar, uh where his uh, uh former hookup starts randomly singing on a stage. Hmm. Uh, he has to take his father figure into the clinic again. <laughs> And now he's back aboard La Serena. Like, this is his journey over the course of uh, this season so far. How bizarre is this?
1: It's unbelievable. And I was thinking to myself, you know, like, they said they'd plan this season out. And, like, what is the story of this season? Because I don't know that I could really say. Like, I can definitely highlight the plot threads that are running through this season, but I don't have a real sense of what, again, I'm sure they'd be like, well, you've got to wait till the end, but seven episodes in, it feels like kind of a
0: mess. Well, I, they, they, okay, you know how, like, we keep hearing in uh, Discovery, like, connection, connection. Tether. All we've been hearing this season is, like, Picard doesn't know how the ways of the heart work. You know, it's like, is this really what made this character tick? All these years, you know, I think about an an episode like uh, the perfect mate, which tackled this issue so much more brilliantly, like than anything we've seen so far in this season. And that that's just one episode, and they've had like seven goes at it. If that's what the overall theme is supposed to be this year,
1: and I think of the episode lessons about Picard's conflict between having a relationship with a you know someone on his ship, and how at the end they part. Like to me, that's so much more meaningful than this Picard who at the age of how old is he supposed to be at this point in the run? Like a hundred?
0: I think. Yeah. A hundred years old.
1: Yeah. So I'm watching like a hundred year old man, like admitting he can't love or is unable to love. And it's like, well, there's a lot of stories that came before this that would really point in the opposite direction.
0: Well, it's also like, I like, he's so old at this point. It's like, Don't you think he would have dealt with this before he turned 100? Well, whether you ever
1: truly break free of traumas or, you know, elements of your character that you're not fond of by the end, I I can't say. I'm I'm not there yet. Um, But I do think, you know, you often hear older people say, you know, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you say? And they'll say things like, I I would tell myself not to worry so much. Things are going to be okay. Okay. And I would like to think like a Picard who hits 100, he may not be comfortable with everything to do with himself, but he's like, you know what? Make the most of the time you got left. Um, You are who you are. You can't worry as much. But that's not the case at all of where this character's at.
0: Yeah. Uh, And how he got there was getting run over um, by one Dr. Adam Soong last week, which we (laughs) did bring up, Cam. I don't think we ridiculed that enough on the show, so I I, I don't want to have that happen again. I can we ridicule one of the most bizarre sequences I've ever seen in Star Trek, and that's you know including worthy <laughs> cringeworthy um, singing from last week. But um, Picard finally goes up to uh, young Guinan. She's saying, "Oh, you should be thanking me for sticking around a few more days." And then she explains the history of the Alorians and the Q. They had a long cold war. I have no idea what the constitution of the Ellorians is at this point, and how it's at all relevant to the Q continuum. They struck a truce that had something to do with literally, like bottles, <laughs> like literally, like dishware, like not not figuratively. And then she literally takes a sip of that same stuff that uh, Tasha Yar was killed in. You know, Armis's uh, goo. She she burps the room shakes and an (laughs) fbi agent who's in the x-files comes down correct who who, who, who is he who is he monitoring it and why like 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 like, i don't understand they're like like don't worry you have to tune in next week but i'm like as a standalone thing this is just some of the dumbest stuff ever
1: i feel like the agent coming down was just coincidence um because he had the video of picard beaming in um so i think the whole point was they're supposed to be summoning a queue that fails and just coincidentally that agent comes down which sure it's always the best case uh scenario when you're writing when it's like don't worry it's all coincidence <laughs>
0: how, how is this agent accessing this video why does he have a wire why is he monitoring uh Guinan's bar I, like, none of this makes any sort of sense. And maybe it'll be expository, kind of, like, driven to our heads next week. But, like I said, as kind of a standalone episode, which I, I get it. Uh, this is not what Picard wants to be. It's a 10-hour movie. It's just, it's this kind of storytelling that continues to frustrate me. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I I just, it's so obvious that the folks writing the show they just don't watch, like, really good television dramas, and they don't really understand how you kind of can find this balance between ongoing story arcs while telling, like, a um, an enclosed, you know, 60-minute episode. You know, like, we see that in so many other shows, though, you know, like Sopranos, Breaking Bad, those kinds of shows. I just, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know how much more I can just kind of, like, beat a dead horse here, but it, I just find these sorts of moments that we got with, you know, the FBI agents just infuriating. Uh, and, and did, okay, did Picard purposely drop his comm badge or accidentally drop his comm badge?
1: I was going to say, like, when he got arrested there, I was like, oh my god, I'm having flashbacks to Rios getting, yeah. you know, captured by ICE earlier in the season. They're replicating a cliff, uh, cliffhanger here. And in both cases, the comm badge was either dropped or left behind. I don't, I don't know. That was very muddy. I had the same question you did, whether that was intentional. Uh, I guess we'll find out next week. But I don't okay. really... I, I, what's the benefit of him just dropping it? I guess just keeping the technology
0: away from them? I think that's what it was. That, that my guess is that he purposely dropped it so that the technology doesn't get in the hands of... Uh, Agent Scully or Agent Mulder, you know? Ooh, another fiery redhead there, Cam.
1: Ooh, that's true. That's true. And one of the great ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Like, I don't have a problem with that being the case. And you know what? Sometimes this show is very on the nose. If that is the reason he dropped it was to keep the technology away and they just want to pay that off visually, I'm okay with that. Because, again, in this Kurtzman era, they often over-explain everything. So if that's the case, I'm willing to just go with it. I just I just couldn't believe they were replicating a cliffhanger
0: that we had like four or five episodes ago. I know. But I think they think they're being clever, that it's kind of like these are like motifs that they want to keep going back to. But it's frustrating uh, just this week-to-week viewing, though.
1: It is. And I really just have a lot of questions about like, this show just seems so shoddy in some ways. And obviously, storytelling wise, in these last batch of episodes, but like, even just like scene transitions are jarring. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I can go back to season one TNG and they don't have scene transitions this jarring. Like, it's a very strangely constructed show.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. So we have like the Nosferatu, like, demon and then you immediately <laughs> cut to Rios with like happy jolly music in the clinic and I'm just like it's just it's very very jarring and so it's like this is not good editing. And they do like
1: a bizarre musical cue often where they'll have like this very quick musical cue that then um, fades out as the next scene kicks in and it's like really weird and I, I mean it is these kind of fake commercial breaks but even still shows with commercial breaks when you watch them on DVD or Blu-ray don't have these like whoa whiplash like scene transitions
0: know. <laughs> so it's just it's so bizarre to me because you know they have so much of a budget it's giant and yet they keep failing at some of the most basic things when it comes to this sort of uh episodic storytelling and by episodic i i should mean like tv storytelling
1: yeah and i don't think you're gonna see picard nominated for best editing at the emmys <laughs> this uh, upcoming season
0: <laughs> what will it be nominated for
1: Oh, it's the classic Star Trek thing, makeup, um, maybe some effects hair. things.
0: Patrick Stewart, uh, best hair.
1: <laughs> well, who has the best hair? Who could bring in a nomination? Oh. Rafi's is pretty good.
0: I- I'd say Rios. Like, uh, yeah. he's got it going on, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the Borg Queen, too. Mm, uh, not bad, yeah. Yeah, she just needs to blow on Adam Soon's, uh forearm to get those goosebumps uh, going, uh, the little hair on there, you know. Yeah, we've got
1: a, um, a Corey's hair shift from uh, what uh, Soji had is is something. So <laughs>
0: sure, Elnor, uh, he's still in the grave, but uh, those are some locks you got. Yeah, yeah.
1: his hair is eternal, though. <laughs> That's his legacy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like cake.
1: Yeah, um, the the Guinan stuff is still weird to me in that. I I don't mind if they want to dance around the Elorians, because that's what they've always kind of done with that uh, alien race, where you never fully know what's going on with them. But, like, this just doesn't feel like Guinan to me. And that whole scene where she's trying to summon a Q and (laughs) I don't know, making some sort of loud belching noise. As I'm watching this, I'm like, could I imagine Guinan, you know, Whoopi Goldberg Guinan, doing this in an episode of TNG, G? And the answer was no.
0: <laughs> she did do those, you know, those uh, kind of clawing ha- hand motions. That, uh, mm-hmm. You got that Guinan gif going on. She did do that very briefly here. So, I don't know. But just because you're copying kind of those inflections doesn't really... It doesn't make it so, you know, to to quote another uh, famous character. The, the whole... The, the magic genie bottle, that's something I could picture going on in the original series. Yeah. It just it doesn't work for me here and it just shows how much like picard it just kind of keeps deferring to essentially magic you know it's not not really technology or it's not world building that i actually buy that that's built on what we've seen in the past here either i did sort of
1: like that they talked about how the alorians are they kind of base everything around food and drink because i'm like sure. my, my initial reaction was like get the hell out of here but then i was like well Hold on. We've seen some other Elorians on Trek. There was the one who competed with Quark. Um, the Chris Sarandon character, I believe, was Elorian on DS9. And he was, like, you know, running a casino, which kind of yeah. falls under that. So, okay. I guess Dr. Soren. Dr. Soren. The first place he went to was 10 Ford. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, maybe he had a side job. Like, he's a scientist, but he also, like, runs, I don't know, like, a, a food truck. I <laughs>
0: know. Oh, he's a busboy.
1: Yeah. There you go. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we don't know enough about Elorians for me to be like, hold on now. Not the way like with a lot of the Picard psychology, there's just no basis for this in the history of
0: the character. The Elorians, I'm like, you know what? You haven't gone over the line yet. <laughs> I can't, I think we've had Dr. Soren all wrong. I, I, I think we assumed he was a scientist. I think as a doctorate of culinary arts.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So he's like one of the grand like elders of their society teaching them all. About like food and drink preparation?
0: (laughs) I need to see Malcolm McDowell return and have a burp off with uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg in the season finale.
1: Okay, so when he was trying to jump into the Nexus, what was his perfect fantasy world?
0: (laughs) He was just surrounded by like cupcakes, you know?
1: (laughs) He's like Homer Simpson in that episode where he's having the dream about Candyland. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Remember the episode where Homer, or the Halloween episode where Homer turns into a donut and he keeps picking at his own face. Yeah, like, <laughs> that—that's his uh, own version of the Nexus there.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, there was you mentioned it at the start of this episode, but we had the reveal of Talon, Is that the character's name? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Being revealed as a Romulan. <sighs> sure. Um.
0: She did have that you know, like hardware on that I thought it was just supposed to be an an allusion to yeah. Laris, but nope, not really an illusion. She and then Picard says, you could be her uh ancestor and or like or she could be your descendant. I was like, either that or you know, that you're one and the same, you know, like I I just don't get what they're going for with this particular storyline. And 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 the fact that they're obscuring everything like what was the point of obscuring the fact that she was rhyming? Why did she just admit it like two episodes ago And when, when like it's just, I don't know, it's that sort of frustrating stuff. The only reason
1: she would hide it in terms of the way she's depicted on the show is to blend in on Earth as to why she doesn't have, you know, point <laughs> It of takes
0: ear. eight hours for it to come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's not like we've seen her hang out on Earth that much, but if she is there, then yes, she'd clearly have to hide the ears, but like to what end like i'm sure that we're gonna have some grand resolution that either it's an ancestor or frankly this is laris i actually saw there was a funny i don't even know if it was intentional on the part of the writer um, but i saw a recap of this episode where every paragraph they swapped whether it was talin or laris the name they were using so (laughs) (laughs) and i was like maybe that's intentional maybe it's not but either way it's making me laugh yeah
0: Uh, look i i'm leaning more towards the idea that as the 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 supervisor She's there to protect the Picard family legacy, you know, whether it's Renee Picard. And I, I think Talon, my guess is Talon and Lars are the same. And yeah. it's just, but it's such a reach. Like, whether you took this Romulan helper who just <laughs> popped, she and her husband just popped you know, on screen in those first three episodes, we're all begging for them to come back. And it's so clear that they're just giving like the, this character like some sort of weird storyline just to kind of arbitrarily include her. I have enjoyed her presence on the show, but it's just it's so nonsensical what they're trying to do and this kind of um, I, I guess grandiose sort of backstory that they appear to present her with. I don't know. I'm just I, I just don't know what they're they're thinking in the writers' room here. If they
1: set this up that she is a guardian looking after Picard the way she did uh, Rene. Um, I'm going to be uh, very curious where she was all of TNG and all of those movies when Picard was in mortal danger, because um, she wasn't uh, really doing her job then. And so, yeah, and obviously she didn't care about, uh, you know, Renee or Robert, because <laughs> that didn't go well. True. And also, um, she
0: didn't care when Picard literally died at the end of season one
1: nope i would actually be kind of in favor though of the people this is not really not really but uh of them going back and just CGing her into all these backgrounds in (laughs) tng (laughs) like peeking around corners and stuff like that watching picard
0: that'd be hilarious okay (laughs) you see her in like uh his fishbowl like her uh, her head just kind of pops up briefly and, (laughs) and sinks back down underneath the uh the sand
1: it would be like that George Clooney Descendants gif of him peeking over the hedge. Yeah, I would be totally in favor of her doing that. Um, there's got to be some amazing moments that she could be watching him, even if, like, <laughs> when he's low she's, like, on the board cube, like, dressed up, like, peeking around corners.
0: <laughs> he's playing uh, his flute with uh, Commander Neela Dar. Uh- Darren, when uh, they're in the uh, Jeffrey's Tubes uh, having a duet, uh, keyboard and flute, and she's jealously like popping her head uh, upside down through the Jeffrey's Tubes.
1: <laughs> and we had the moment too where she goes into Picard's mind and we get that audio clip of I am Locutus. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, you are inside Picard's mind. There are so many ways to work in like fun nods to the character's history. It's like, that's all I got. <laughs> like, Locutus, that's all I got. <laughs>
0: It would have been great if they had a voice clip. Uh, Remember the episode Rascals where uh, he turns into a boy again? You just have like this high-pitched voice, uh, a boy's voice, and it's him going, number one, I need you to take me seriously.
1: (laughs) He clearly did not hold on to many memories from his time on TNG. (laughs) No, no.
0: Um, I don't know. Okay, so I want to know if the writers are just kind of trolling – us knowing that it's going to initially launch week to week because we have Seven of Nine literally say we are witnessing the birth of a new queen who is in the body of Gerardi So is that just trying to definitively stay, say that the board queen we saw in episode one what, is in fact going to be Gerardi or is that them just trying to throw a red herring out there and it's gonna turn out to be someone else. Because most people were were adamant that it's supposed to be Picard's mom. So I like I, I don't know what direction they're trying to do, but either way I'm just I'm getting annoyed by them trying to obscure this or make this into like some like uh mystery that, that's actually interesting, which it's not. It's just I, I find it annoying.
1: I think what we may have here maybe a little bit is that when you look back on say like the Vogue twist or the Lorca twist, fans crack those very quickly. And I think what they're doing is just throwing out red herrings to try to... Like, they didn't learn the lesson in terms of the approach to storytelling. They were just like, okay, just hit them with more red herrings so they can't guess correctly and just blanket it all over the internet.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm, my new prediction, uh, Corey Soong is actually going to be the new board queen.
1: I wouldn't rule it out. We I don't wouldn't know, rule it out. I mean, the last episode set up that there was going to be something happening with those characters and then nothing happened with those <laughs> characters this week. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I just want to give a shout-out to James Callis, uh, who played uh, Papa Picard. Uh, he was great on Battlestar Galactica. The Star Trek convention, uh, connection, though, is uh, while that show was airing um, all those years ago... Um, Every single week, people were just joking about how you could have Sidig el Fidel, like come in and replace uh, James Callis as Gaius Baltar any uh, time that there's maybe a contract dispute. Um, they, 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 he's getting a little bit up there in the uh, years, but do you still kind of see any resemblance? You, you weren't familiar with uh, the new version of Battlestar, but uh, do you see any sort of resemblance between those two actors?
1: Between him and Siddiq El-Fadil? Um... Yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I I really struggled to see a resemblance between him and Jean-Luc Picard.
0: Well, uh he he uh, died younger and kept all his hair.
1: So, that's true. That's true. I, again, I would like to know more if you're going to force me to watch stuff involving Picard's parents. Like show the relationships. I, I give me a flashback. I don't care. Like it's just like an episode like this doesn't like satisfy me in terms of like learning anything about Picard's backstory because, I don't know, again, the father's kind of a cipher. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Speaking of ciphers, I don't know. Do we want to jump over to, like, just more Section 31 quotes we're getting from Michelle Yeoh or do you have any uh, final thoughts on this episode?
1: I have one final thought, actually, and it's something I'm surprised neither one of us mentioned just in terms of ridiculous writing moments, which was when Picard is uh, on the bed and he's not in good shape and the doctor uh, has to help him. And Rios beams in the, you know, whatever, 25th century doodad that'll help him. He hands it to the doctor and is like, here, you do it. Yeah. And I'm like, like <laughs> what? Like, what? Like, can you imagine we beamed in someone from like the dark ages and handed them like de- defibrillators and were like, use these. Uh, <laughs> puts them on his knees. <laughs> That doesn't end well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah, okay. like, it's uh, ridiculous. I-, I was really confused. Okay. I-, I feel as if I may have missed something, but was it Seven and Rafi that beamed that device over to him? Correct. Okay. And uh, this is as they were dealing with the whole Borg encryption codes that were on La Serena.
1: Yes, and they did it very quickly, too. So, obviously, they had that tool pretty nearby. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I that one threw me for a bit of a a loop there. I I don't know. I just don't know what to make uh, this. Rafi seems to be in good spirits, you know. After uh, her protege was was uh, killed, just uh, I think it's thirty six hours earlier, you know. But uh, she's now down to you know talk cheerfully with her with her uh, girlfriend, and I, I don't know. It's just it's, it's this character's all over the place. I'm mostly just disappointed. I don't think I've heard her call Jean Luc Picard J L once this season. I want that to kick in again.
1: Oh, really? Not even, like, maybe the premiere or something?
0: Did you hear it?
1: It's, I mean, nothing is sticking to my mind right now. Maybe if we yeah. go she back have... and did the rewatch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: but I, I just, I haven't uh, heard it, or at least I haven't noticed it. And uh, I don't know. Give me some more of that JL talk.
1: Have Raffi and Seven done anything this season that couldn't be excised from the show with, you know, very little issue?
0: Has anyone done anything this season that couldn't be excised from the storyline with little little issue? Like I Fair I, point. I, I, yeah. I mean it's just it's kind of all this make work sort of stuff that they're giving these characters. I mean, they literally killed off Elnor, right? It, yeah. And the whole point there is to give Rafi motivation. I don't know. She seems pretty chill the rest of the season. Uh, Seven of Nine has had this aimless sort of arc uh it's not even an arc she's just been aimless all season yeah yeah uh, I, I,
1: you know. like what's the most they've contributed they uh i guess broke rios out or helped him but like another character could have easily done that like that's not dependent on their specific skills as characters um i i, I got nothing
0: yeah okay uh speaking of people that have nothing uh michelle Yo was asked recently about uh section 31 Um, this show that nobody's asking for, and it's been in gestation since season two of Discovery. So are we we closing in on about four years uh, of this show being, like, uh, floated to fans?
1: Okay, so I actually saw a story Entertainment Weekly wrote up of just all of the projects Michelle Yeoh has coming up because, like, she's (laughs) in high demand at the moment, right? And so they went through all these, like, films she's got coming up, and they left Section 31 to the very end, And it said, announced in 2018, there's no recent quotes, basically, they said. (laughs) There's, like, no words since. But, uh, yeah, like, they they, they left that one very big.
0: Okay. She recently said, uh, just this past week, that uh, Section 31 is that, uh, and in parentheses, uh, Star Trek universe, but different. It's like Mission Impossible meets Guardians of the Galaxy in space. Oh, I was confused if uh, she said uh, just Guardians of the Galaxy. I would not know it was meant to be Guardians of the Galaxy in space there. Uh, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Like this this show, like they, they, they keep talking. I just want them to officially say the show's not happening. Maybe it's
1: just going to be one of those eternal projects they keep dragging along and teasing people with. But it just never comes to fruition. At least they had the good sense with Starfleet Academy to be quiet for a while. Um, before it seemed like they decided to perhaps bring it back with perhaps Tilly we'll see um section 31 just feels like the piñata they just keep beating every time there's like some sort of press tour for a new series or season
0: i think they're trying to hope that there's some sort of you know excitement for it but i, I just point to the fact that the uh the writers of discovery who were developing this uh as kind of a uh, a script um they're not in the Star Trek universe anymore. Uh, they're involved with some other show, so I thought that was one is going to be officially put on ice. And then the uh, the head honchos were like, "Oh no, we still want to do Section 31. I'm like, "Why do you keep bringing this up, though?" It's like it, people were begging for a uh, Captain Spike, uh, Captain Spike, Captain Pike <laughs> spinoff, but yeah. no, nobody's been begging for a uh, a um, Ash Tyler meets uh, uh, Giorgio section 31 spinoff but then they they really do send georgio off last season but you get the sense that her story's not done
1: you see people also wanting a seven spinoff um but yeah i have not seen anyone express excitement about section 31 and i don't know given the quality of some of these live action trek shows as of late they should probably just focus on things that people are excited for (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know that I'd be gambling on one that is first off springing out of Star Trek Discovery, a show that uh, creatively has been on fumes for a while now um, and seems to have just a diminishing number of interest, number of viewers interested in the show. So I don't know that a Discovery spinoff is where I would be looking. Um, I think I would probably, if I'm Paramount, be looking more at Fresh Concepts and things that might pull people in. The way that, like, DS9 is quite different from TNG, that's what I'd be looking at, versus just spinning off characters from Discovery, no matter how popular the actors playing them are.
0: Well, that's just it. It, It's Are they just counting on the fact that Michelle Yeoh's career has never been at more of a a zenith than it is uh, just these past few years, and and they want to capitalize on on that?
1: And, like, Michelle Yeoh, who's, you know, in the... um, The recent film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is, um, you know, a really fantastic movie. But, like, Michelle Yeoh's almost 60. You know, she's going to have, I'm sure, at least a decade that's very busy. I think this woman's going to be in demand for a while. But, like there's so many good projects out there. I would prefer she's not tying herself down to like three seasons of section 31. Like that just feels like a total waste of her time.
0: I could stomach like a six episode miniseries. We're seeing kind of more of that with like the Marvel stuff where there's just like, yeah, let's just do six episodes of Hawkeye and call it a day. You know, mm. I'm okay with that sort of stuff. Uh, Moon Knight, uh, is that just six episodes, or maybe eight episodes? I think it's like shorter than like a, like a 10 episode run or something like that.
1: I believe it's six, which is the number they've stuck to for most of these live-action ones.
0: Yeah, which I think is perfect. I think, isn't Obi-Wan supposed to be like four or something? Yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with them having more of these shorter lifespans. Look, if we had a four-episode uh, season one of Picard, um, well, then I guess you would have left things off with absolute candor. But, um, yeah. But, uh, well... Th- you know, I think, like, you
1: could have done this season of Picard in four episodes, and you obviously are going to have to cut out a lot of stuff and reform what that season is, but I think it would have been doable. I, I think this whole hangout in L.A. for, uh, what is this, like, seven episodes now or something? Six episodes? Um, It's kind of worn out its charm.
0: Uh, it feels like seven episodes, but it's only been five episodes. Like,
1: yeah.
0: I think what you could have done is have uh, the episode one... You know, as your episode one, your premiere, immediately like don't bother with this alt timeline. Just immediately send them to LA, get them to meet up with the the watcher, you know, aka Talin. The uh, by the end of that uh, second episode, and have the whole. I don't even know. It could have been a three episode season for all that matter, because. I think all they need to do is just kind of wrap things up quickly. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's, but what it is, it, it seems as if they've stretched out, um, you know, three or four episodes worth of story over the course of 10 episodes.
1: I'm going to be really interested if the next episode follows in sort of the pattern of Picard season one where you had broken pieces, which is more an episode about characters regrouping and kind of finding their bearings before we barrel into the finale. And I will be very interested to see if the next episode is just the characters basically setting themselves up for that finale.
0: But here's what frustrates me. Okay. Uh, We keep having the characters get arrested and Mm -hmm. stuck for a full episode uh, because of law enforcement. So I predict, you know, episode eight, you're going to have like another confined, at least for half an episode, Picard. Um, They still haven't really told us what this catastrophic event is. We kind of ditched Renee Picard for this episode. I, I, so we're gonna have to resolve that, I guess, by episode nine, and then uh, I'm hoping we'll be back in the 25th century by episode ten. But I suspect we're we're gonna be in L.A. by episode ten as well. I I think they're just gonna keep stretching this out. I would
1: think so. We have to get back to the 25th century to deal with whatever was happening with the Borg Queen on the Stargazer. So that has to happen. But I I think you're right. Like I think that's probably episode. 10 of the season um the way they were setting up you know the borg queen as a threat to earth of 2024 i think we're gonna i think that is going to be the space tentacles of this season like that's what we are building towards as our big finale before we go back and resolve the borg queen stuff in the 25th century
0: oh she literally does have space tentacles which is kind of hilarious as well so
1: yeah, like that feels to me like the threat.
0: Yeah, they like uh, going back to their uh, the motifs that they've done uh, in uh, previous episodes and previous seasons, I suppose.
1: That seems to be their thing. <laughs> okay. Um, looking outside the box is not exactly a strength of Picard so far. Yeah.
0: All right, sir. Well, we'll be back to tackle episode eight. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to the premiere of Strange New Worlds and the conclusion of uh, Picard season two. Uh, the conclusion can't come soon enough. Um, wish I wasn't saying that. Uh, kudos to all the listeners that uh, are still listening to us. Uh, just kick a, a show that I presume they like, but I don't know. We'll. Um, I think we're mostly just having fun with the series now. We, you know, we're, we're not getting obsessed with like. Um, I don't know, like like dumb continuity stuff. It's more about the storytelling. So, anyways, uh, we'll be back soon. I, I can't wait. Uh, I don't know, Cam, um, how crushed will you be if the premiere of Strange New Worlds is just pretty sucky?
1: Um, I think with Strange New Worlds, it at least offers something Picard doesn't, which is I can be a little dismissive of an individual episode because if it's more episodic, it's like, well, okay, at least we're shaking it up next week. Whereas with Picard, that's been kind of the problem the last handful of weeks is that I know like, you know, when I sat through one of those wheel spinning episodes a couple ago that boy, we're gonna be doing probably the same thing next week. And here we are now with monsters. So um at least you get the the change in pace that I've always appreciated right from the original series through yeah. to, you know, Enterprise and all these these other Trek iterations. Okay, so you can of course leave a review for us wherever you download your podcasts. They help us a lot with rankings and all that sort of thing. So it would be much appreciated if you left a review. And of course, you can find us on the Twitter. I'm at Cam. V is in Visions of Demons Smith.
0: And you can find me at Reportin. That's R R-E-P, E P. P is in Psyche of Picard. O R T O N. Okay, so
1: until next time, the arena is closed. Transfer complete.